Should we care about what we wear? Well, the short answer is yes, but don't pull out your headphones just yet or hit pause on this episode. There's way more to the conversation than that. What about style? What do you think of when you hear that word? Maybe the pages of fashion magazines or reruns of Project Runway flash through your mind. Or maybe you wonder if style should even be something you're thinking about. How many of us have felt guilty after splurging on that gorgeous dress or that amazing shirt, wondering how a piece of fabric can just capture our imagination and desire? We'll scold ourselves and say, I should have bought something practical. But what if that pull towards certain items of clothing is actually a sign of being made in the image and likeness of God? What if instead of finding a new cool or fancy or stylish wardrobe or becoming a new version of ourselves in terms of the clothes in our closet, we instead focused on how we can grow in an understanding of how we were made and who we are? That and more is what we are diving into today in this episode of the Letters to Women podcast. This is not a podcast where we talk about the one way to become a Catholic woman. And it is not a show where I sit down with other women and we share a set of expectations for Catholic women today that leave you feeling left out or out of place. Instead, you'll find conversations with women in a variety of seasons of life and hear about how they're living out their own unique feminine genius. And all of these conversations are offered to you as a form of encouragement for you to discover more about who you are and how you are called to live out this feminine genius in your daily life too. My name is Chloe Langer, and I am a Catholic wife and mom living in Kansas City, and I'm sitting down in my basement studio. Don't get any ideas of a lovely Pinterest perfect podcast studio, though. I'm an arm's length away from my washing machine, and I'm surrounded by piles of paper that I need to file at some point. Maeve is at preschool. My oldest, Ada, my littlest, is sleeping. And in these precious, quiet moments, I get the total honor and joy of talking about one of my favorite topics, which is the feminine genius. And being able to press record and share those conversations with you. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Lillian Fallon, a Catholic writer with a passion for helping women express their unrepeatability through style. Lillian and I are talking about living life as an affirmed woman and daughter of God, how wisdom from St. Pope John Paul II's theology of the body relates to clothing, and how to dress in a way that expresses who we are. So if you've ever wondered if your love of style is incongruent with your Catholic faith, Sister, this letter's for you. Today's episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by Corda. I love living seasonally and making small changes around our home to make it feel like fall inside as it's cooling down outside. But my favorite fall evening is when the windows are open, I'm under a cozy blanket reading, and there is a Corda candle burning on my kitchen counter. Corda candles bridge the sacred and the secular, and they bring the faith into everyday moments. Their unique scents inspired by the saints and the faith are infused in their coconut wax blend, and every candle is made by hand. This year, I bought a Corda curated set of seven candles, including some of my favorites like Carpenter Shop, which is inspired by St. Joseph the Worker, and I'm so excited to give them away as Christmas gifts. The only hard decision is going to be picking which one we get to keep for our home. For parishes, schools, ministries, and businesses who are starting your Christmas shopping early too, Corda offers special bulk discounts. Or maybe you're a bride, you're planning a wedding, and you want to include your favorite saints. At your wedding, Corda has candles with options that work for just about any budget. You can find more information about Corda on their website, cordacandles.com. And from now through the end of December, you can use the code LETTERS for 10% off at checkout. That's Corda Candles with the code LETTERS for 10% off. 
Today, I'm welcoming Lillian Fallon to the show. Lillian is a Catholic writer with a passion for helping women express their unrepeatability, their personal style. Growing up, she dreamed of working in the fashion industry, but believed her Catholic faith could not coexist with her love for clothing. After studying St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body at Ave Maria University, Lillian's enchantment with fashion transformed into a lifelong mission to help women understand their true identity, made in the image of God. Informed by John Paul II's teaching, she went on to work as a style editor in New York City before ultimately landing at the Catholic fashion label Litany NYC. She currently resides in Pennsylvania with her orange tabby cat, Tito. Lillian, welcome to Letters to Women. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Hey, it's so great to be here. <laughs> so I forgot about like Tito, <laughs> my cat, <laughs> but he was in my little bio and I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's, he's under my bed somewhere right now. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a guest appearance as we <laughs> get further. He in. might. He really might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he would not be the first cat on the show, but we would love to have him join. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about personal style and theology of the body and the sometimes dreaded topic of modesty. But first to start us off and for listeners who are meeting you here in this podcast for the first time, I'd love to hear about your story as a Catholic woman. Oh yeah. Well, so uh, I was born and raised um, Catholic. Well, no, born. <laughs> I was baptized. <laughs> I was baptized Catholic, raised Catholic. I was always really obsessed with fashion and I just as I grew older, I didn't know how that fit in with my faith because I got really serious about my faith in high school. And so instead of going to fashion school, I thought, you know what, let me go to a Catholic school to get that formation going. And so I went to Ave Maria University and I took theology of the body course, which completely changed my perspective on what I thought was an incongruent relationship between personal style and the faith. And so that was kind of the launching point. I remember being in the class and thinking, um, I need to write a book about how theology of the body relates to personal style. And so after that, I went into working in the fashion industry as a style editor. Then I worked at a designer label for a little bit. And then I did like bounced around doing freelance writing, you know, still had my writing stuff going on in there. Um, and then I started working at Litany NYC. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, that's kind of my story, but my big passion has always been theology of the body and how to apply that in a practical way in our day-to-day -day lives. Like my book is very much, it's not like a style book where you crack it open and you're like, all right, hmm, this is how I should dress. And this is how to develop my personal style. It's really a it's really a breakdown of theology of the body. And I think finding practical day-to-day -day ways that we can apply the truth of theology of the body mentally, that can be transformative. And so I basically am just super passionate about using personal style as a way to reaffirm those truths. So that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of me. That's it. <laughs> I loved reading the introduction to your book and you talk about going into journalism in college. And I love how you how you talk about your most read successful article was on personal style. Oh, there it comes. It's trying yeah. to come out. <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny because in college I was like, all right, I have to be a really serious writer and go to Capitol Hill and write about politics. And inside I was like, I hate politics. I hate writing about like current <laughs> political atmospheres. It's horrible and depressing. 
but I felt I was like, oh, I have to do this to be serious and not a silly, like a silly girly writer. And so I would try and dabble in more cultural politics and stuff. And I was not really passionate about it. I didn't love it. But then when I started writing about personal style, those were the things that people responded to the most. And I think that just says something about like, I was better at writing about it. And I think that people are more interested in it than we think. Yes, yes. And isn't it beautiful too, as I don't know if this has been your experience as you get older and further away from college, where you're discovering more of who you are and your confidence in that living life as an affirmed human being and just not being apologetic for who you are. And that is when things click. Yeah, you kind of stop caring about the pressures and expectations that not only the world has on you, but that you have on yourself. Like, I think that when you're in your 20s, you're like, I have to go out and make a name for myself. I have to go out and be so successful. Like, I wanted to go out and be, I wanted to conquer the fashion industry. Like, after when I took that Theology of the Body course, I was like, all right, cool. Well, then I am going to pursue fashion. I am going to do the thing. And I'm going to leave behind the politics, like, career thing. Um, And, but then I ended up, finding like, who cares? I'm not passionate about this really. Like this is not a fulfilling to me anymore. And so what is God actually calling me to do? And when we kind of let go of that expectation that we place on ourselves to, to be successful by worldly standards, that's when we find what God's actually calling us to do and is where our ultimate fulfillment actually is. Cause it's all a part of our vocation and Blah, 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 blah. You know. <laughs> All the Catholic words. All the Catholic words. <laughs> I think it's Mother Teresa who talks about he doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. And reading your story and seeing you being faithful to this this interest and passion that you've had since you were little and seeing you come into that is just really beautiful. Well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so you've recently written this beautiful new book, Theology of Style, Expressing the Unique and Unrepeatable You, published by Ascension. I would love to hear, you've already shared a little bit about the origin story with this Theology of the Body epiphany moment in this class, but I'd love to hear about the story behind the book itself, a little bit about your writing experience. I know you've done a lot of freelance writing, but a book, that's a different, that's a different kind of beast. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it took me four years to write. Okay. So (laughs) it was like, it was a process, a lot of procrastination involved. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so basically when I was in this theology of the body course, I kind of walked into it being like, Oh, this is just for people who are engaged or dating. Like this is just for people who want to get married. And because everybody who takes the class, ultimately, like if they're a couple, they end up engaged by the end of the class. It's like, it just it, sometimes theology of the body can be perceived as only being for the marriage minded folk. And when I went into it, I was like, all right, whatever. But then um, St. John Paul II, well, he, you know, he wrote or he's in his audiences spoke these truths. Um, but my professor explained and translated, um, he translated the original text in the, the book that we had. And um, he's, he, the one quote is, um, the body and only the body can make visible the invisible, the spiritual and the divine. And the way that my professor was explaining this truth was that, you know, the body and soul are united and they cannot be separated. Um, and that we, our bodies manifest our souls. And for a long time, I had this perception that the materiality of my body was bad. Um, and I think that I saw 
fashion and clothing as an extension of that bad like materiality and that the materiality of clothing and whatever um that that was drawing attention to the materiality of my body and like that's not a catholic belief so i don't know what the heck like it's a very puritanical it's very puritanical and a lot of things in american culture have actually been super influenced by puritanism and unbeknownst to me like i was falling into that trap i could come from like a super like traditional catholic family so i don't like know where that got in there but i then was like whoa okay my body is good my body is beautiful and my body manifests my soul so if my body's manifesting my soul then the things that i put on my body have to be important and can aid in that manifestation or it can aid in the expression of the beauty of my soul and so this idea of making visible the invisible i was like whoa the spiritual and the divine i was like okay so how can i wear things that mirror and reflect the beauty of my soul the things that people can't see the making visible the invisible um so that completely transformed not only how i saw the human person in general um but then it also changed how i saw clothing and personal style and i was like okay i'm not superficial i'm not materialistic i'm not vain um i'm I'm kind of tapping into something that has to do with understanding the wholeness of the human person. Cause it was very much about like making that bridge visible, like making the relationship between the body and soul visible. And the more that we make that visible to those we encounter, the more that they're, they're seeing like a human person, like for their entirety. And so um, when I, I, after that, I was like, okay, like, forget, forget doing serious writing stuff, um, or in politics anyway. Uh, I wasn't going to pursue fashion, and so I applied for an internship at Verily Magazine in my senior year in college. I got the internship; it was in this style section, and I basically was like, I'm going to move to New York, and I'm going to pursue this. Like, I'm going to do, I'm going to work at Verily. My dream was to be the style editor at Barely Magazine. And it happened. And I was the style editor there for about four years. And then after that, I started pursuing more freelance writing. And I kind of went through this like crazy, like New York wasn't working out anymore. And like, it's hard to live. It's That's like a whole other thing that I like. That's a different topic. Like <laughs> when your dreams kind of like blow up in your face. Um, that's just a different podcast, but um, kind of in the process of that, I started working at this designer label. And by the end of working with them, I really came to this point of realizing that I didn't want to work in fashion anymore, which I never thought that I would get to that point. And yeah, so then I was asking God, like, what do you want me to do with my life? What is the direction here? What is, you know, I'm not doing the fashion thing anymore. So what are you asking me to do? And so it was in a church that I was praying and I like heard a voice. It wasn't my, it wasn't like God's voice being like, well, 
it was really like my voice kind of, or it was just a voice in my head saying, hey, you're a writer, so write. And I felt just so much relief in that moment in getting this direction that I was supposed to write this book. And it would have been something that I had always wanted to do since that class that I took in 2014. So I started changing my content to be more directly about theology of the body and this connection between personal style. And um, I started developing an audience on social media, basically. So I would write about it and be very excited and people would see what I wrote or share it. And a lot of the response from women was that this was something that they had always like known themselves and believed themselves, but hadn't really put words to or put like a reason or a source to, because this is like, we understand as we understand that we are whole beings. We understand that we are deserving of respect and that we have dignity and infinite worth. And a lot of us women as well feel that that is very much tied in with how we express ourselves physically. And so once I started writing about, okay, but why do we feel that way? Like, where does this actually come from? And I started talking about theology of the body. And then people were like, oh yeah, like this is how I've been feeling the entire time. So people started responding. And then I started writing articles. I started freelancing um, for like Grotto Network and Alatea, um, not just like always on fashion stuff because there's like only so much those places can take. People <laughs> <laughs> so are like, okay, we get it. Like that style's important. <laughs> During that time, um, I I think it was in 2017 that I like announced that I was like, I'm I'm writing this book. This is happening. And so once I like said that, I was like, okay, here we go. I've got to stick to this. Um, cause now the public is like, where the heck is this? And it, it was really for like years, people being like, hello, when's this going to be ready? Like people commenting, people sending me messages and being like, are you done with this book yet? When's it coming out? And me being like, oh, well, I'm like halfway done. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just like a big undertaking yeah. cause it's piecing through theology and I'm, I'm not like this, uh, theology whiz like I'm like a formed Catholic right. but like geez I went to school for literature I did not actually go for theology and so a lot of the things that was the hang-up in writing was that I was like okay first you need to read the theological text and like what is St. John Paul II saying how okay let's make sure I understand that so I'm not saying anything heretical <laughs> number one <laughs> let's not say anything heretical um and then how do I then explain what he's saying kind of like in layman's terms and like make it digestible to say like if a teenager were to pick up the book? Um, and then how do I take what he's saying in layman's terms and apply it to what I'm trying to connect it with, with personal style? So it, it was a lot of like, okay, trying to bring in different texts and like uh, what do psychologists say about personal style and like clothing like as an extension of the person um and so I was very much like trying to bring in other texts trying to um 
tie in St. John Paul II because his letter to artists also really is a big part of the book as well, which I wasn't expecting it to be. Um, and it was just scary. It was just kind of scary writing it. Um, cause I was like, who the heck am I to like be talking about theology? But I felt, I just felt so much peace while I was writing it. Like anytime I sat down to do it, it would be all the anxiety and the fear that I had felt like being like, Oh gosh, I got to spend all day Saturday writing like panic, panic, panic. Once I sat down and did it, it would be like, so much peace, so much contentment, so much joy. And um, I got to a point where the kind of heavy theological parts of the text or the modesty section, which was like kind of a big like mountain to climb. Um, <laughs> once that was over, the rest kind of just poured out. And it was before I knew it, it was last August. And I like wrote the last sentence. And I was like, I think I just wrote the last sentence of this book. I was like, what? And um, so, and the cool thing was because I had built kind of an audience already based on this topic, Ascension had been following me or um, one of their, one of their uh, product managers had been following me and she like went to Ave too. So she like, it was like this like Ave, like cool moment. Um, and she was like, do you have a publisher? You're like talking about how you finished this book. Like, do you have a book? Like, who's publishing this? And I was like, um, I don't know about like Ascension is like my number one choice. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And so it was kind of just like the rest went from there. I did some videos with Ascension and then those went well and they wanted to go ahead on with the book. And now here we are. Uh. I'm doing PR. <laughs> <laughs> I got a podcast talking about it. I loved seeing when the title came across and Ascension was, would you love to talk with Lily? And I was like, yes, automatically, yes. And I love the theology of style because I do think even within Catholic circles, even with those of us who were blessed with great formation, still the concept of theology, which is the study of God and who he is, but the word has so much weight to it. And so it's so easy and tempting to skirt around it or not dive deep into it when it comes to theological study because it seems like uh, that's for those people who have a degree in that who who have a home library and that is not me but I think what's so beautiful about theology of this of style is that it takes something that is sometimes intimidating and brings it down you do this so beautifully throughout the book I love hearing how the concepts behind it and what it looked like behind the scenes but you do it so well and I think what's really beautiful is it's just such an encouragement to to realize how applicable it is to our daily life, but then to also dive deep into those texts too. And with you as a guide who's already broken down some of those key concepts, it just makes it so much easier to enter in. So well done, Lillian. It's really good. Oh, thank you. That's like the biggest compliment. That's the biggest compliment because all I ever, like when it comes to my writing, I'm just like, I want this to be not this heavy, like complicated sentence that you're having to read over five times because you're like, it, like your brain is like breaking to understand one sentence right um and so I try to approach it like talking to a friend and being like what does this actually look like and what does this actually mean and then trying to have a conversation with the reader so yeah thank you so much that's a huge compliment totally <laughs> totally okay I'm not gonna let you go without diving into the the mountain of modesty though <laughs> 
All right, let's do it. Let's okay. Go. All right. So Catholic Church, this might come as a surprise to others, especially because of so much social media debate around this, this concept of modesty. But the Catholic Church doesn't actually have a specific rule for, oh, this is the number of inches that your skirt has to be, or this is how, how your body has to be covered and where. What does an understanding of modesty informed by theology of the body look like practically? And why is that so much of a deeper conversation than how many fingers is between my collarbone and my, my neckline of my shirt? Yes. Yeah. So I was actually kind of surprised too, that there's not a lot of church. There's like not a lot on modesty. Um, but we have a lot of groups that kind of have like run with modesty rules that we all kind of like think are the set in stone thing. Um, but the modesty conversation, I think a lot of us can agree has a lot of baggage that comes along with it. Anytime I kind of like bring up modesty with young girls or women there's kind of this like oh (laughs) response where it's like please no (laughs) and I think for me I was just frustrated for that the conversation around how women dress in the church is always about modesty it's like the focus is never on how femininity and the beauty of femininity is such a gift and how like women specifically have been bestowed with this gift of beauty and how that's a part of our evangelized, like the evangelizing role of women in the world and how our beauty is for lack of a better word, like a symptom of this raised status that women have and how it's such a a privileged and esteemed role and that our beauty and how that is expressed physically is like, wow, oh my gosh, like what an incredible gift to be given by God. And how can we um, celebrate that? And um, in, yeah, and I, and I think that we get really caught up sometimes on kind of starting with the negative first, like not that there's anything like oh, like you've been given this gift of being woman, like with great privilege comes great responsibility or what is that Spider-Man quote? <laughs> um, with great, what is it? With great right. power. power. With great power comes great responsibility. It's been a while since I've watched that one, but I, I'm tracking. Spider-Man, women, same thing. Sometimes we don't do the, the work on the front end of explaining modesty. <laughs> and that's why modesty has become this, just like oh my gosh dude like it's all about um okay make sure that your body isn't dragging people into sin and it creates a negative connotation about it it's like keep your body in check because or else be modest or else it's very like it's a downer dude like it's just a downer and um it can actually more than be a downer be actually really harmful to young girls because it creates this concept of shame um, around their bodies. And maybe that's kind of where I was coming from as a teenager being like the materiality of my body is bad. And this thing needs to not be brought attention to. And so I talk about in the book, how we kind of abuse modesty as like a bandaid on a gaping wound, but we don't really encounter like, okay, say a girl is genuinely dressing immodestly. Like why, like what is going on in her interior life that this fractured sense of self-worth is being manifested in the way that she's dressing and how do we talk to that first before coming at her with rules and making her feel even worse about herself 
which just perpetuates the problem. And so with, with a strong understanding of our identity and our worth, and I really think that theology of the body is like the key to that. Like, I really think that theology of the body is the thing that's like, oh my gosh, this is how I was made and why I was made especially when we understand our femininity and like our call to self gift. Like when I, when you understand literally how you were made and why you were made and what your purpose is for, um, oh my gosh, it just transforms everything in your life. And so when we talk to girls first and foremost, we have to be trying to speak that truth into them of their unrepeatability and how there's no one else who's ever come before them who's just like them and no one else will ever come after that they've been made on purpose and that they're wanted for eternity by God to be with God forever. So it's like, how do we talk to girls about really embracing how they were made in God's image and understanding like, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> Cause sometimes we talk about like being made in God's image, like what, that, what does that even mean? Like we throw it around. Um, but theology of the body and hopefully in theology of style, I able to kind of like break that down. Like, what does that mean? Um, so that girls aren't just kind of being only being talked to about like how they can be hurting others, but rather being excited about how they were made. And then that pouring out of their expression of self, because ultimately I would hope that modesty isn't something that we're always having to like think about like okay like you know when you get when you're a kid and you're like really trying you're just thinking so much about the rules and you're afraid of breaking the rules or you're just like hyper aware um hopefully with a strong sense of self it's something that just happens when you're getting dressed um and that you're excited to dress in a way that pays reverence to your body. Yes. Yeah. I love the leading with the affirmation of the person. I think that is a total game changer for conversations about modesty because I don't know if this has been your experience, but you grow up going to youth conferences or conversations in high school and it is don't wear this, do wear that. This is what you're responsible for. And this is what this leads to if you don't take responsibility for it. But I think if we're running into that conversation, just so excited to affirm the person in front of us and the inherent dignity and beauty and worth that they have as a, they have as a daughter or son of God, that's a game changer because then we're coming just in total celebration of the person and, and the fact that your body is good. And I think we forget that in the conversation around, around modesty, yeah. that your body is so inherently good because the Lord says it is. And like you said, it comes with an understanding of what it means to be made in the image of God. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lillian, it's so good. I'm scratching the surface. I could sit here and chat with you for two hours. Same. <laughs> I want people to pick up this book because you go so beautifully through the theology of it. But I loved at the end seeing you so practically applied this because it isn't just this is what it means and this is the theology of it. It's also and when you open your closet tomorrow, you can do this and live it out so beautifully. So, so well done there. So for people to dive into those practicalities with you in this book, where can they pick up a copy of Theology of Style? And how can they connect with you online? Because you write and speak about this so beautifully. And I'd love the conversation to keep going for listeners with you. You can find it at www.ascensionpress.com forward slash Theology of Style. And if you want a little teaser trailer of the book, you can go to YouTube and on Ascension Presents, I have like three or four videos on there now that go into 
theology of style. So if you're kind of like on the fence, and you're like, I don't know if I want to get this book. You can get a little <laughs> teaser and yeah, and decide then. So, um, and then I'm also on Instagram, of course, <laughs> at Lillian underscore Fallon on Instagram. Yeah. All right. One last question for you. This is the, the question that I ask every woman who comes on the podcast. How do you live out? your feminine genius in your daily life, especially as a woman who's helping other women realize their infinite worth in the eyes of God? Yes. Um, Well, I guess through theology of style, but then I think on even a day-to-day level, I think that it's really important to me to connect with other people on a level of relatability. And maybe that's also kind of the reason why I enjoy writing so much, because being able to write something that somebody else can say, hey, me too, or also like I've also experienced that and now I'm not alone I think that the beauty of the feminine heart is that other people can find a home in it and so with my writing or with making friends or connecting with people I'm I think that trying to be like a relatable vulnerable human being is kind of how I try to live that out every day. Oh, that's so good. I love the making the home, making the space where people can land and have conversations with someone that they can trust because you've led with vulnerability, which is just so beautiful and such a counteracting to all the shame around style that I think so many of us as women have experienced. So thank you for coming on the podcast and for sharing your story. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks for listening to this episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Lillian on my website, letterstowomenpodcast.com, or just scroll down in your podcast player for links to pick up your copy of Theology of Style and connect with Lillian online. In the show notes, you're also going to find a link to Corda. That's the sponsor for today's episode. Last, you're going to find a link to sign up for my newsletter called Naptime Notes. So once a month, I share about the books that I'm reading, both to myself for book clubs and with the girls, our, our library hall, talk about some braggable thrift store finds, updates on where we're at in our adoption journey, and the podcast that I'm listening to in my free time. Naptime Notes is always going to be free. But if you subscribe for $5 a month, you get early and ad-free access to all the Letters to Women podcast episodes, sometimes weeks before they go live. If you listen to this podcast and you love the conversations and guests of the show, please leave a rating and review, especially if you listen on iTunes or Spotify. And if you know someone who would love this conversation with Lillian, please send it their way. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any future episodes. And that's all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid. Thank you.